Gemara, Yibamot, after Vav, Amasechet, been dedicated for the complete recovery, the Fuashirema, Shem'on, Ben Simcha, and the Refanado, Betok Sha'ar Cholamo Yisrael, Amen. We continue the sugya where we are discussing the Mahlukat Bet Shemai Betelel, the Gabet Sarat Erva. We want to know did Bet Shemai actually practice his opinion? Or did he not practice his opinion? His opinion was that the tzarat irva is permissible uh, to make uh, yibum. So the Gemara begins. Uh, we're going to start again a few lines at the bottom. Tashema. De Amar Rabbi Yohanan. So we brought a Braita that Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri. Israel, Which means... This halakha, this mahlukat between Bet Shemai and Bet Telel is going to be problematic, you know, if we do this lema'aseh. Why? Na'aseh kedivrei Bet Shemai, if we're going to allow the sarat irva to make yibum like Bet Shemai, havalad mamzer de divrei Bet Telel. Well, the kid is a mamzer, at least according to Bet Telel, because according to Bet Telel, there's forbidden to go with the tzara, and therefore the tzara remains eshet ah. And therefore, if the Eshet Ach goes with the Yabam, that's Isur Karet that goes with the Yabam, the child is going to become a Mamzer. Now, I say, if you're going to go follow Betelel and let the Tzara marry out, well, Pagum, so then the child is going to be Pagum, which means not going to be a Mamzer, but it's going to be born from an Isur Lav. Because uh, if, if a girl is subject to Yibum, she needs to make yibum or halitza before she goes marry somebody else out. And therefore, according to both camps, this child that's going to come out is going to be problematic, whether you follow Betelel or whether you follow Betchamai. So the Yohanan Benuri says, what should we do? Let's make a takana, rabbinical takana. That's what Joe Sa'ad mentioned yesterday, and now we're singing in the Gemara. Let them make a takana. And the takana will be, let them make halitza. We'll make a rabbinical takana that every girl that falls into this situation has to make a halitza. <clears throat> and therefore, you won't have any problems now. Because once the rabbis make a din of halitza, you take away the, you take away the mamzerut, you take away the isur uh, lav, and uh, this rabbinical takana will solve all the problems. The problem was, they didn't get a chance to finish the... Um, to finish it, but the netrefa uh, sha'a, which means uh, there was a you know confusion in the world, and uh, they weren't able to uh, to enact it. But that would have been a good solution if they would have enacted a automatic halitza medrabanan. The Gemara is not so sure. Amar lo raban shemom gamliel man naaseh lahem natsarot harishonot meata, which means how is that going to solve anything? What are you going to do with the original tzarot that made yibum initially, which is if you're going to make taken that you need to make a halitza, <clears throat> so basically you're saying that you're not allowed to make a yibum. <laughs> but all those, and therefore if you make a yibum, uh, then those children are going to be mamzerim. Therefore you need to solve all the old tzarot that uh, did yibum, uh, and they're going to have a problem of uh, mamzerim. Which is before the takana, what are you going to do? Rashi says on the top, So now ready, you're making a problem for all those girls that made Yibum already with their kids. So the Gabbara says, Now we get to the point. If you say that Bet Shammai actually followed their Halakha, Hainu the Ka'amar Man Na'aseh. Then we can say manaseh because actually Bechamai <coughs> followed their halakha and the tzarot made yibum. However, elai amat lo asu. But if you say Bechamai never followed their law anyway, they agreed to betelel. My manaseh. What's the manaseh over here? What are you worried about? Why was the bunch of Gamaliel concerned about what are you going to do to the original tzarot? Bechamai was no hege according to betelel, and therefore the tzarot were not mitiabimet anyway. And then from the fact that we see that Ban Shimon was concerned, it must be that Bet Shemai followed his halakha. And if Bet Shemai followed his halakha, so therefore we have a proof that Bet Shemai asu. Amar Abnachman Bar Yitzchak. Abnachman Bar Yitzchak comes along and says, 
Really, Bet Shammai did not practice their law. Elon they followed Bet Elen. And therefore, Sarot Irva of Bet Shammai did not make uh, Yibum. And if the claim of the Rabban Shimon was, Lo Nitzrecha Ela Litzara Atzma. Where the concern was regarding not the children of the, of the Tzara, because again, they didn't make uh, Yibum. But let's say the Tzara herself. These tsarot, which means according to Betelel, that married outside without Halitza, before the Takana of Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri. Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri wanted to make a Takana of Halitza. So the Gibbard is asking, These tsarot of Betelel that did not make Halitza before the Takana and married out, you know, to, uh, according to Betelel, Shamai Hechi Na'avidlehu. What are you going to do at this point? She's once you're going to make this takana, these girls are married already. Now you're going to make a takana that they have to make halitza. And let's assume you're allowed to make halitza after she gets married. But the problem is, it's going to cause a problem in their marriage. Lehlitzu, if you're going to tell them to make halitza after they got married already in order to alleviate bet shamai, mim asu agabrayu, they're going to become, mim asu, they're going to become revolted to their husbands. Why? <coughs> because the husband's going to think, oh my gosh, my, 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 my wife is controversial. She needs this process called halitza. They're going to think that they're asura to them. And therefore, it's going to cause a shalom bayin issue. And we say, so what? If we have to fix the halakha, we have to fix the halakha. Who cares? The Yabarah says, no, the Torah cares. The ways of the Torah are peace-seeking. And therefore, <coughs> the issue with Rabban Shimon, Rabban Shimon was, was that uh, true, Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri had a good fix. His fix was to make halitza. But what are you going to do to the tsarot that got married already? The tsarot that got married already, how are you going to let them make halitza at this point over here? Aliba, the Bet Shammai. The tsarot themselves are uh, married. And even if you're going to allow them to make halitza, it'll break up their marriages. Let's read Rashi, the tsara atzma, David, atzarot. Right, which we worried about. We weren't worried about the the, the, the children. Because even if the bet shemayim, have a problem. The fact that the children got married, uh, that the tzara got married out, it's it's, it's isulav. Okay, isulav doesn't know save the the kids. So if we weren't we weren't worried about that. But the tzara herself, the tzara herself that got married out. Uh, she didn't make a uh, halitza. What are you going to do with her? So the Yomara said that the issue was that uh, that's why he was saying that halitza is not going to be an option at that point because of the racheha darche noam. Fine. So that's why he was against the takanav Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri. Because it's not going to really fix every case. When you make a takana, you try to fix the, the problem. It's not going to fix the girls that got married already, the tzadot that got married already. Because then halitza is not going to is not going to uh, not going to work. Tashema, the Amar Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon said, "Te'avani matai tavo tzadat abat liyadi." He says, "I have a desire, te'avani. I'm, I'm yearning that when will the tzadat abat, uh, meaning the tzadat that was married uh, to my daughter." When will I be able to fulfill Yibum with this tzara, the Isa'enna? <laughs> so this was his, uh, his desire. That she says, Isa'enna, ayabem ota shamai. So therefore, what do you see from over here? That obviously Bet Shammai followed his halakha. Because we see the Bitarfon, who used to follow Bet Shammai, was saying, I can't wait to make Yibum with the tzarata irba. So Yomara says, no, not that I will marry her, make Yibum, I will marry her off to somebody else. <clears throat> Which means really he held like Betelel. And he wasn't saying that he's going to make Yibum, he was saying that he'll marry her off to somebody else like Betelel holds. Says the word Te'avani, Te'avani sounds like I have a desire that she says to do a Hidush. And if it's following Betelel, there's no Hidush over there, but that's, that's, that's the regular law of Betelel. Tavani sounds like, you know, he wanted to uh, make do something novel over here. <coughs> so the Gabbara says, yeah, it is novel. La Puked, Rabbi Yohanan ben Nuri. He was saying, I want to do something novel, meaning 
against the Yohanan ben Nuri. The Yohanan ben Nuri wanted to make a takana that every girl should make a halitza in that case. No, I don't hold like that. I hold, let me just marry her off to somebody else and follow Betelel straight without making any takanot in order to alleviate the problem for Bet uh, Shammai. That, that's what he was saying. I don't agree with the Yohanan's fix to put, make an automatic halitza. <clears throat> to Abani, I have a desire to do it this way. Let, her get ma- let me marry, let me marry her off to somebody else like Betelel. The daughter of Rabban Gamliel was married to his brother, uh, Umet, and uh, the brother of Rabban Gamliel died. Okay? So Rabban Gamliel made Yibum with Sarat Erva, following the opinion of Bechamai. <coughs> And therefore, what do you see from over here? That Bet Shammai must have followed his practice. Because you see over here, the Ban Gabriel actually made a Yibum with Sarat Erbav. <coughs> the Gebarah says, wait, Vetispera, Rabban Gamliel metamideh Bet Shammai. Are you telling me that Rabban Gamliel was a student of Bet Shammai and not a student of Bet Hillel? He was, he, he was from the family of Bet Hillel. He's from the grandchildren of Bet Hillel. Direct line up. <coughs> that we cannot say that he followed the opinion of Bet Shammai. Oh, so we learned, if you remember, we learned that if, if the daughter is an Ailunit, she doesn't fall to Yibum. And then since she doesn't fall to Yibum, because she's an Ailunit, because she, she cannot bear children. So since she cannot bear children, she's not subject to the law of falling to Yibum. And therefore, she's, she's, not, she's non-existent for that for our purpose. And therefore, he was able to make uh, Yibum with the Tzara, because that's not considered a case of Tzarat Erba. So the Gebra says, sefa. But wait, the end of the Braita says, The Sefa of the Braita says that the reason why it was permissible because the daughter of Rabban Gamliel was a Ailonit. Implying that Tanakama holds that she was not an Ailonit. So it sounds like in the first opinion, if she wasn't an Ailonit, Rabban Gamliel was making Yibum with the Tzara, and therefore, that's the Tzadat Erva. Only according to the second opinion, they introduced that her daughter was an Idolite. So how do you reconcile this? So the Gemara says, no, both opinions of the Braita hold that the daughter of Rabban Gamliel was indeed an Idolite. But the Mahlok between them was, Hekirba velo Hekirba Ika Benayhu. Remember we had a Mahlok, in which case uh, do we say that the Idolite does not mess up the uh, Tzadat? So some wanted to say, it's Davka Lohe Kirba. Where he married her and he didn't know. So when he didn't know that she was an Ailunit, then the marriage retroactively becomes a Mekah Ta'ut. And were, it's like they were never married because he didn't know from the beginning that she was an Ailunit. So that's the case where the tzara is permissible. Davka Lohe Kirba. But there's another opinion that says, no, even a Kirba, even if he married her and knew that indeed she was an Ailunit, it's not going to affect the tzara because an Ailunit doesn't fall to Yibum. doesn't matter. Why does an Ailunit fall to Yibum? Because she can't have children. The whole purpose of the Yibum is to bear children. So therefore, that's going to be the two opinions in the Braita. Both opinions held she was an Ailunit. Just the question was, are they following the opinion of Davka lo hekir? So it's a mekartot or even hekir. Now let's read the, uh, the Nashi. Hachi gatsiran hekir ba velo hekir ba ika benayu. Right. If you look at the if you look at the Sef of the Braita, the Braita says Bitosh Ailunit Haita. Sounds like she was she was Ailunit from the beginning, which means they he, he knew it was Hikirba Haita. It was known from the beginning. It wasn't Nimtzet Ailunit. If you say Nimtzet. That's like Lohe Kirba. But if you say the word Haita, that means it was known from the beginning. That's one answer. Really, the Malokit between the two opinions of the Braita is if you have a Tzarat Erva and she was a Tzarat Erva and then they got divorced. So remember, we had a Mahlokit on that. So one opinion says, once you got divorced from the uh, from the uh, erva, like the Ailonit in this case over here, so therefore you have uh, no problem at the time of Yibum, because at the time she falls, there's no erva there. 
So it's just uh, it's just a tzara. <clears throat> Therefore, the one opinion says that's no problem. One opinion says no. Once they were married, already there's a isur erva. I don't care if you got divorced after. Therefore, the tzara is going to be asura. So the mahluk is going to be does the divorce allow it or not? Or do we say that since there was a sha'at isud, because they were married together, even if though he divorced the Adunit later on, it's not going to help. That's read the Rashi, Dibura Matril, Ika Benayu, Girish. Kanasu Basof Girish. Kanasu Basof Girish, Ika Benayu. The Tanakama, Aydesh Shigirish, Achibet, Pito Kodemita, Afa Pishikabat, Kanasa Nochit, the Hayusaro Zuazu, Muteret, Hoil, the Girash et Hayat Valibasof. Right, so the really, if, if it would have been a regular case where there was an edva, they were married, I don't care if you got divorced after. Divorce is not going to make any difference. The only reason why this case was mutar, because his daughter happened to be an Ailonit. And since his daughter was an Ailonit, it didn't make a difference anyway. So therefore, again, the, the bride that's talking about a case where it was Bito, and according to the first opinion, the, we don't have to say that, 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 that his daughter was an Ilonit. Stop. He divorced his daughter. I mean, he divorced his wife, which was the daughter of, uh, of the rabbi. And once he divorced her, at the time of the Yibum, the Tzadak could fall, no problem. There's no Erva, because it goes at the time of the falling of the Yibum. The second opinion, the bride says, no, once there's a Tzadak Erva in the marriage, I don't care if he divorces her later. It's not going to make the Tzadat Erva permissible. She's going to remain Asura. The only reason why in this case it was permissible because it happened to be the daughter of Rabban Gamal. It was an Ailonit. Since she was an Ailonit, it doesn't start because she's not childbearing and therefore you have no problem. So therefore, indeed, it is a machloket between Tanakama and the second opinion of the bride. Was she an Ailonit or not? But both are going to agree that it would be permissible for Rabban Gamliel Alibad de Betilel to make Yibum on the Tzadak because it's not considered a Tzadat Erva either because she was divorced or because she was an Ailonit. Therefore, it didn't, uh, it didn't matter. Another answer. Iba etema. Yesh tenai bibi'ah ika benayu. Yesh tenai Do we have such a concept that's called a conditional bi'ah? What does that mean, conditional bi'ah? Let's read the Rashi slowly over here. Yesh tenai bibi'ah. Okay, so a guy, guy married, a guy went with a girl, a wife, and he made a, you know, makes a condition. I'm going with you, but as long as you have no nidarim on you, I don't want to be married a girl that has vows, or you don't have any blemishes and things like that. Vinimsa. Oh, so that tenai is going to be a legitimate tenai, even though he had to be out with her. But that, we said the Biyah is nothing. The Biyah is not going to be a Kiddushin. The Biyah is not a marriage. And therefore what? The Tanai is a Tanai. And therefore it's a Mekah Ta'ud because bottom line she had these things. Beautiful. And this was what happened in the case of Rabban Gamliel. His brother married his daughter. And what happened? They made this Tanai. And sure enough... She ended up being whatever, she didn't fulfill the Tanai, and therefore the Kiddushin was not a Kiddushin, so they were never married. So therefore, since they were never married because of that Tanai, the Tzadah is not considered a Tzadat Erva. That's the first opinion. The second opinion holds that, listen, because if you're going to say over here that he made it tonight, then he had a bi'ah. And let's say that she was a ba'al mu. So it comes out that bi'ah is not a bi'ah for kiddushin. It's a bi'ah znut. If they're not going to be legitimate bi'ilot. So we say what? If he ended up making a bi'ah with her, he was mochelda tonight. He was mochelda tonight, and therefore he doesn't care. Oh, so therefore if that's the case, she should have been married to the daughter. And if he's married to the daughter, it's a problem. That's why the second opinion says she was an Ilonit. And since she was an Ilonit, you have no problem in the first place because of Ilonit does not fall to Yibum Bichlal. So that's the Mahlokan in the two opinions of the Brighton. Do we say that if a girl, a Tanai was made to, is the uh, Bia, uh, 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 is the Tanai valid after the Bia or not? Tanakama says it is. And therefore, this girl, the daughter, was never married. 
because bottom line, she didn't fulfill the tanai, <coughs> and therefore the kiddushim was kiddushet out. Either bi'ah, the bi'ah was bi'ah zinut. <laughs> that's called after Tanakama holds. But bottom line, the, the girl was not married anymore. The tanah is not considered a tzarat. Erba, second opinion says no. <laughs> if she was a regular bat, that bi'ah would have been a bi'at kiddushin, and now he's married, and the tzarat would be a tzarat erba. The only issue over here, why the Bagim was allowed to marry the tzarat, was because she was an idolid, and therefore she never fell in the first place. Mativ Rav Meshar Shia. Ma'aseh bin Rabbi Akiva. Story with Rabbi Akiva, Shiliket Etrog. Okay, he picked a Etrog from the tree, obviously, Behad Beshvat, on the first of Shvat. Venahag Bo Esurin. And he treated it, Legabe, giving two different Ma'asrot. Ehad Kedavre Bet Shamai, Vehad Kedavre Betelel, Shmamina Asu. What's the case over here? We know that during the different years of Shemitah, one is obligated to give different tithes. In the first, second, fourth, and fifth year of Shemitah, you must give Ma'asir Sheni. In the third and the sixth year of Shemitah, give Ma'asir Ani. There's a big mahlokat between Bet Shemai and Bet Tidil. We learned it in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. When do we count the years from? When is the years? So Bet Shemai says the years change on Aleph Shvat. And Bet Tidil says they change on Tub Shvat. So therefore, what happened? So the Rabbi Akiva picked an etrog on the first of Shvat. Now the first of Shvat, it was, it was the second year going into the third year. So if you hold like Bet Shammai, Aleph Shvat already is the third year. Then we have to give Maaser Ani. If you hold like Bet Telel, you didn't get to the third year yet till two weeks later. Then we have to give Maaser Sheni. So the Akiva hedged and therefore he separated something from the Etrog. He would bring it to Jerusalem and treat it as Ma'asir Shini and give it to the Aniim, so he's treating it like Ma'asir Ani, like Bet Shammai. So what do you see from over here? That Bet Shammai followed his opinion. He's at least like Ma'asirot. He didn't just retract uh, to Bet uh, Hillel. And we're assuming that that's, that's what his opinion was. When it came to Shita, he argued on Bet Shammai and followed through like his own opinion. That's what, that's what Ibi Akiva was Hoshesh to Bet Shammai. So the Gemara says, Shema Asu. So you see from here that they fulfilled their opinion. The Gemara says, no, Rabbi Akiva, Gemare istapek le, velo yada ibetelel be'ahad b'shvat al-ma'ur, o ba'hamisha asa b'shvat amur. Rabbi Akiva was not following Bet Shammai. Rabbi Akiva was following Betelel. But he had a safek, what the shita Betelel was. Was Betelel alif shvat or tu b'shvat? So his whole safek was to alleviate Betelel. Nothing to do with Bet Shammai. Matib Mor Zutra, Ma'aseh Yalda Kalato Shel Shammai Asakin. We saw this in Masechet Sukkah, if you remember. <coughs> so the daughter-in-law of Shammai uh, gave birth. Ufihet Eta Ma'aziba. And she was upstairs and, uh, with the baby. And what did he do? He made a hole in the roof in order to put a sukkah over the mother and the, and the baby. Well, obviously the mother doesn't need a sukkah because sukkah is mitzvat aseh shazman gerama. So obviously he did it for the baby herself. Vesikech al gabe mitatan. He put schach over the bed. Veshvil katan. The opinion of Bet Shammai is that a katan, even though he needs his mother, which is very young obviously, still needs chinuch to sit in the sukkah. And you see that Shammai, when he had a, a, a grandson, he right away made sure that he built a sukkah in his house for, uh, for the kid. So what do you see from here? Shmami na'asu. You see that he followed his opinion. Gemara says, no, Adam, omer, avid ka'avid. No, over there, we're not worried. We're, because the people will say, nah, he just did it in order to air out the room a little, to give out, to give some air. At this point, it sounds like the Gemara was saying that the whole reason why we're discussing this subject that Bet Shammai retracted is because of Lot is going to do, it sounds like. Because now we're coming into the fact that, hey, how can Ben Shemai follow his opinion? He's separating from everybody else. There's uh, two torot. And now the Gemara say, no, in this case, it would not be an issue for Ben Shemai to follow his opinion because the people will not think that he's doing it for halachic considerations. He's doing it to air out the house and give his daughter-in-law who just gave birth some fresh air. So it's interesting. Now we're starting to see why the Gemara is, is trying to... It's not only because we're worried about in the case of Yubum, where it's going to be Mamzerim for Betelel, 
it's you're worried about over here also. Did Bet Shammai have a problem of Lotid Godidu by following his opinion over here? And the Gemara say, no, in this case, it will not be a problem of Lotid Godidu because, again, the people will not think it's a halakhic issue. They would think it's just a airing it out. Okay, now the Gemara says, Mativ Mor Sutra, Ma'aseh Yehu, Shaita Birushalayim. Uh, there was a uh, uh, um, a shoket that is a that she says what evan it's like a rock that has a hole in it over there that was under the uh, the flow of water and it was uh, flowing down from the mountain as she says and they called that rock that had the hole in it shoket yehu it was a hole and it was going into a mikveh and uh, it attached it uh, to the mikveh all the food of Yerushalayim that used to prepare in vessels in order to keep them pure, they would go dip it in Shoket Yehu. The problem with Shoket Yehu was there wasn't 40 se'ah in the Shoket. But since it had a hole and it was attached to the river, which was 40 se'ah, so we were using the concept called Hashaka, that we would dip it in the Shoket and since it was a hole attached to a river, so therefore they held that even though in the Shokin it's something that the Shi'ud through the system of Hashaka that the whole is connecting it to a kosher megveh, they dipped all the kelim in that Shokin in order to eat uh, the things with tahara. Wait, v'shalchu v'shamay v'shamay, I'm sorry, no good. V'lhibuha, they came and widened the hole because they held that in order to make Hashaka, the waters on both sides have to intermingle in a good way. I'm sorry. Until the shokin is lacking. It's going to have a little hole. It's got to be. The majority of it's got to be open. So therefore, Bet Shammai went and widened the hole. Utnan, and we learned. The Gabbetha's concept of intermingling. We have a Matlok. No, the hole doesn't have to be that big. Just the size of the circumference of the tube on the outside of a of a nod of a uh, of a pouch where they drink from. which is with with its thickness on the outside and its circumference on the inside, which is what they're not wide enough to take two fingers next to the thumb. Where you can go around the hole. Okay, that's Betelel's opinion. But Betchamai didn't hold like that. Betchamai went and widened the hole. Shmat mina asu. So you see from what? Asu. They followed their opinion. So the Gemara comes along and says, Shmat mina. The Gemara no hatam. Over there, Omer maya hu deka abid. There's no haro'e. The person that's going to see it they're not going to think that he did it for luckic reasons. The fact that he broke the uh, the rock, the person is going to say, he just wants to get more water in there. Which means, he just wants to fill the shokin up with more water. Not doing it for shaka. Medina shaka was kosher already. But how do you get more water in the shokin? Well, make it a little bigger. Therefore, there's not going to be a concern of agudot. Read the top of the He introduces agudot over here. Ah, so when it was an aguda aguda issue in economic, but Shammai did not follow their opinion. <laughs> but this wasn't a case of agudot agudot. Why? Because the people will interpret it as a you know as just a um, uh, 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 an issue of uh, uh, logistics to get more water in the uh, in the shokim. Tashema the Amar bil Azar bar when I was learning Torah by the Buchanan Nahorani, Raiti, I saw, I noticed, there was a famine year, and the poor rabbi, all he had was dry bread with some, uh, with some salt. So he went to tell his father about the condition of the Buchanan Nahorani. Amarli, so he said, my father told me, Holech lo zetim, go bring him some olives. Uh, let him eat something. Veolachti lo, and I went. Ra'otan, the Yohanan Nachorani saw them, shen lachim, the olives were moist from their juice. Now we have a law that says what? That once you have an olive or a fruit 
that becomes moist with, let's say, olive oil, like in this case, it's one of the seven beverages. So therefore, it becomes mukshar letum'ah. And what was he worried about? He was worried that we're in an earthenware vessel, and he was worried that an ama'ares might have touched the earthenware vessel, and therefore, the olives that were within it are going to become tamay. And this rabbi was careful to eat hulin b'tahara, so therefore, he didn't want to eat the, uh, the olives. Now, as she says over here, shehen uh, lachin. Which, which is a hadush of because as she says, he was worried that maybe the Amaris touched the outside of the Klicheres, and as a result of that, the olives become Tameh. The old Eskan Nashi, a Klicheres does not become Tameh from the outside. A Klicheres can only become Tameh from the inside. So you have to say that the rabbis made a stringency for Ochle Cholin Betara that even the outside of Ikli Eres is going to be Tameh by an Amar. So that's why the Yohanan HaKhonani was concerned when he saw these olives and he saw they were moist. He said, ah, I'm not eating it. I'm worried that maybe an Amaris touched it. The Amar Li En Ani Ochel Zetim. I'm not eating these olives. Bati Ve'odati Et Abba. So I went back to my father. To tell him what Rabbi Yohanan Horani did. Amarli, lech ve'emorlo. Go tell him. Habit nekuba haita ela shesetamua shemarim. That we have a rule when it comes to uh, a, a fruit becoming moist. The only way that moisture makes it susceptible is if it's there by the owners willingly, wants it to be there. But if it's indicative that the owner does not want it to be there, it's not machshir. He says, go tell him, look at the bottom of the keli, there's holes, it's perforated, which shows you I wanted to drain this liquid. I did not want this liquid on it. Oh, you'll notice that there's liquid on it because it got stuffed up by the olives themselves. So therefore, that's the only reason why it's not getting drained. But my kavana was to drain it. So therefore, tell him he has no problem of hechsher tum'ah. Utnan, and we learned in the Mishnah, habit shel zetim galim. You have a barrel of olives that are being pickled in salt and they became softened. Bet Shammai Umrim and Sidiqa Nakev. Bet Shammai, you don't have to make a, a nekev. You don't have to make a, a hole on the bottom in order to protect it. From Tum'ah or Betelel Umrim, Sidiqa Nakev. Betelel says, no, you have to. Which means Bet Shammai says, even without making the nekev, it's going to be, okay, we did a she, Habitaita Nekuba from the beginning. Good. The reason why they're moist, even though I made a hole in the bottom, is because it's getting stuffed up. It's getting clogged up by the by the sediments on the bottom. Now read the next one, Migul Galim. Okay, you have a bunch of olives that are pressed, you know, next to each other in a barrel. And Sidichim. Ah, so Bet Shammai says, no, that, that juice that comes out of the olives is fruit juice. It's not considered olive oil. If we hold, you have no problem. That's why Bet Shammai's opinion is it's considered meperot. Okay, but Bet Shammai says, no, Sirichim. Good. So therefore, Betchan, my Italian says, no, that mohal that comes out of the olive, that's olive oil. Therefore, it's going to be machshid if you have to make a hole in the bottom to show that you don't care for it. Continue the Mishnah. But Betchan is more there that if you made a hole in the bottom, ustamua shimarim, and then it got clogged up, she teorat, because you showed already your, your da'at. Now, now, even though Rabbi Tzadok, Rabbi Tzadok was a Talmid of Shammai, kol ma'asav lo asa ela kedivre betelel. But when it came to practice, he practiced like betelel. Now, i amat asu. So if you tell me that actually Bet Shammai followed their halakha, which means they follow the halakha, they don't have to perforate the, the vessel because they hold that that juice that comes out of the olives is not considered olive oil. So then, if you say they did, 
So therefore, you're telling me a hadush that even though, according to Bet Shammai, you would not have to perforate it, but Rabbi Tzadok was machmir on himself, whatever, he followed Bet Telel and practiced, therefore he perforated. That's the hadush of Rabbi Tzadok. That even though Bet Shammai was not perforating, he did. However, Eli Amart, lo asu, but if you say that even Bet Shammai did not follow their law, so everybody was perforating. Mighty Buddha, what's the hadush that you tell me? Oh, Rabbi Tzadok did like Bet Telel. Guess what? Everybody did like Betelel. So therefore you see from over here a proof that Bet Shammai actually, although they held one way, they didn't practice. Uh, uh, no, they must have, they must have uh, uh, practiced their way. And that was the Hidush of Rabbi Tzadok. That even though Bet Shammai was practicing his way, he followed the opinion of Bet Elel. And therefore you see what? Asu Bet Shammai Kedibrehim. Tashema. Another story. Sha'alu it Rabbi Yoshua. They asked Rabbi Yoshua. Million dollar question. Sarah Tabat Mahu. Oh, there's no suya. Sarah Tabat Mahu. What's the deen of the tsara of the daughter? Amar Laim Mahlokit Betchemai Betelel. Okay, we know that. It's famous Mahlokit Betchemai Betelel. They then asked him the next question. Okay, Rabbi, who's the Alaka like? Amar Laim. Beautiful answer. Mepenema Atem Machnisim Roshi Ben Shnei Harim Gedolim. You want me to put my head between the two mountains over here? I'm going to decide who's Alakha like? Ben Shtem Mahlokot Gedolot? Between this pink Mahlokot? Ben Bet Shammai? Uben Bet Between Bet Which means he wasn't sure if the Alakha is like Bet Shammai or Bet That's a big question in itself. I don't know why he was sure. Unless you say this was before the bat call. That he didn't know uh, who, 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 who we follow. But bottom line, Rabbi Yoshua says, I'm not getting involved in uh, who this halakha is like. There's a big subject over here. I'm scared. Wow. I'm worried that they're going to break my head. Who's going to break my head? Which is if I'm going to come along and say that uh, the halakha is like Betelel, uh, 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 then that means all those Sarot that are making you boom according to Bet Shammai, the kids are Mamzerim. And therefore, I don't want to get killed by those Mamzerim. And if I'm going to come along and say, Allah, I there's going to be a lot of Mamzerim running around over there that are a result of uh, you boom to the Tzara, which according to Bet is Eshet Ah. And therefore, I don't want to get, uh, you know, pummeled by the, uh, by the Mamzerim that are going to come out. Aval, I need me I just want to say one thing. There were two major families in Yerushalayim. That was one family. They were the children of Tzarot that married to the Shuk. Which means they didn't follow Bet Shammai. They followed Bet Tilel. They were Tzarat Erva. Sarah married uh, out, and they had these children. Whoa, they were 100% kosher to the extent Kwanim Gedolim came out of them, and they served even on the Mizbeah. And Bet Shammai did not protest. Bet Shammai knew about these families and did not make a protest. Now, if you're going to come along and say, that what? Bet Shammai actually followed his halakha. That's why he was afraid. Because if Bet Shammai is following his practice and he's going to posek like Bet Telel, you're basically saying that the children of Bet Shammai from those sarot are mamzerim. But if you say Bet Shammai didn't even follow his practice, there's no mamzerim. So what are you scared of? Why was he worried? There's not going to be Mamzerim if Bet Shammai is not letting the Tzara make you boom. So what was the concern? The Gemara says, no, unhina asu. And even if you want to say Bet Shammai followed his practice, my mityare ani, what was he worried about anyway? Ha'amara biyoshua en mamzer ela mehaybe mitot bedin. Even if you say Bet Shemai follows practice, the Miyoshua shouldn't have been scared because he holds that a Mamzer can only come from a relationship that is punishable on Mitat Bedin. And therefore, even those Yibums of Bet Shemai would not cause a 
Mamzer, because that's only a hayuf karet. It's not a hayuf mitabit. So we don't even understand him Yeshua, no matter what side you take. Even if you want to say, but my practice is law. So what? So they were what? The tzara made yibum? Okay, so it's Yisur Karet. Still not a Mamzer. So no Mamzerim are going to beat up Rabbi Yoshua because he's not saying they're Mamzerim. Rabbi Yoshua, the Shittato, is that en Mamzer elam yichibeh mitat bedin. So therefore, we don't understand uh, 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 anything Rabbi Yoshua saying. Why are you scared Bichlal? If Bichmai didn't follow his law, nothing to be scared of. And if he followed his law, you're not to be scared of anybody. You're not making Mamzerim to anybody. It's true, you're not making a mamzer. Pagum, but it's pagum. I mean, bottom line, it's a child from a, from a Isulav. Sorry, Isulkaret. It is a child that's not, you know, uh, you know, perfectly lineaged. And the Gebarah says, how do we know that that child that's going to come from Isulkaret, even though it's not a mamzer, but it's called the pagum, it's like a, it's called the blemished. How do we know that? So the Gemara comes along and says, and what do you mean blemished, by the way? Blemished means they're going to be forbidden to marry a Kohen or to eat Tiruma, you know, in her, uh, in her father's house, uh, even though the father's a Kohen. Oh, so that means that's a Pegami, right? It's Pegami Kehuna. It's not Stam, you know, we're saying, uh, it's uh, not the best. No, it's a Pagum. How do you know that a isur karet, although it doesn't bring mamzerut, it brings pigam le kehuna. So the Gemara comes along and says, we know it from a kalvahomer. What's the kalvahomer? Kalvahomer me'almana. We know that a kohen gadol cannot marry a almana. Right? Kohen Gadol can only marry a Betula. And if a lady's an Almana, obviously she's not a, she's not a Betula anymore. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Me Almana to Kohen Gadol. Ma Almana She'en Isura Noheg Bakol. Almana is not forbidden to everybody. She's only Asura to Kohen Gadol. However, Bena, the son from the Kohen Gadol to Almana, Pagum, is Pagum the Keuna, as we know. So therefore, Zu, which is Sarat Erva, she is Surah Shaveh Bakol, which means this uh, 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 Sarat Erva, which is Isur Eshet Ah, Eshet Ah is Asur to everybody, to Israelim, to Kohanim, to everybody. There's no, no different. So therefore, all the more so, which means if a relationship that's limited to Kohanim, Forbidden relationship that's limited to Kwanim produces somebody that's Pasul the Kehuna. So a forbidden relationship that's across the board, Ben the Kwanim, Ben the Israelim, namely Eshet Ah, the Tzara. Certainly it should create a child that is going to be Pagum the Kehuna. And that is why the Yeshua was afraid. Because if he's going to posek like Betelel, he's basically saying all Bet Shammai's kids from the Tzara are Pagum the Kehuna. That's what he did, that she says, Me almana, ma. Ma almana le kohen gadol, she en isura shaveba kol, binat hagum le kihuna, de khib lo yahalazar o. It's a bit for us pasuk, lo yahalazar o. That's when almana marries the kohen gadol. Ze. Zo, zo, she isura shavebi israelim, kebe kohanim, enodin, she binat hagum. Right, so therefore, all the more so, binat is going to be pagum. Okay, so now the Gemara comes along and says, that what Rabbi Yeshua didn't want to answer the question. And therefore, he just came along and said, I have testimony that there was two families and there was Sarat Erva over here and we know that their children, you know, were uh, installed as uh, Kwanim. <coughs> and the Gemara comes up and says, Kaba'u tsarot v'kapashit lehu tsarot. Well, they were asking Rabbi Yoshua Legabe Tsarot Erva. They were asking the Tsara itself. What is the deen Legabe the Tsara? And he answers them Legabe the, the children. They asked him one question, and he's answering another question. He's answering Legabe the children. We have a over here. 
No, not yet. So Gemara comes along and says, no, Tarti Kabaimini. They actually asked the Yoshua two questions. It was a double question. Tsarot Mai. The first question was, what's the deen of Tsarat Erva? Which means, we posek like Bet Shamai that you need Yibub, or like Bet that, no Yibub. Ve'im tersel omad Tsarot Kebet And if you're going to say Tsarot Kebet Elel, Benet Tsarot de Bet the children of the Tsarot of Bet Elel, Lebet Shamai Mahu. Lebet Shamai that you made a lot to say over here, because really we're supposed to make Yibum, these are from Isulab, what is going to be uh, the status over here? Which means, is Bet Shammai going to say that since there is a love over here, the Asul Kehuna? And to that, the Gemara comes along and says, Lemai Nafkamina. What is the Nafkamina? Which means, after we established already that Halakha is like Betelel, what do I care what Bet Shammai holds? <laughs> it's a side question. How the Gemara say? You know, what kind of question? If we know that Alakha is like Betelel, what, what, what do I have to know? What is Bet Shammai going to say? Who cares what Bet Shammai says uh, in this Alakha? We don't go like Bet Shammai. Read the read Rashi. Benet Sarot Betelel. The Hayabel Adininu Mihavu Pekumina Ribad Bet Shammai. The Mind of Kamina. Right. So the Gemara comes along and says, you're right, there's really no nafkaminah lemaseh with such a type of question, but he explains, the Gemara is going to explain. The nafkaminah will be, why you have to answer this question? Which is, why do you have to know what Bet is going to hold? The Gemara says, Lemifshat Vlad Mahzir Girushato Lebetelel. Once I know the question over here, I'll be able to answer a question that does have enough kamina alibada betelel. The child of a ma'zigiru shato. We know that you're not allowed to take back the wife if she married somebody else in the interim. Good. He did it. He didn't listen. So therefore what? He took this wife back. So we have to know, is that child going to be pasula kiuna alibada betelel? Which means, once I solve, what would Bet Shammai hold in the case of Sarat Erva that made a lot ta'aseh and married, you know, Ishzar. Once I can figure out what the status of the child Alibad de Bet Shema, I can apply that principle to something that will be practical Alibad de Bet Hillel, which is the son of a Mazir, Girushatu, after she got married in the interim. Me, Kamrinan, Kavahomen. Do I make a Kavahomen? And I'll say what? Uma Almana le Kohen Gadol. She'en is Surah Shaveh Bakol. And still what? The son of a Kohen Gadot to an Almana. Bena Pagum. Zu. A case of Ma'zik Rushato Ba'avera. That she's going back to the first husband. She's Surah Shaveh Bakol. Ben Kohanim Ben Yisraelim. Enodit Shebena Pagum. And if I make the same Kalba Homer. Just like I made by the Tzara. And therefore. I will Oser the child of Ma'zik Rushato. Or maybe I can say no. I can say no. Maybe the Almana case is worse because she herself becomes a halala through that, through that marriage. Besides the kids becoming pagum the kiuna, she herself becomes pagum the kiuna. But she ain't can a girusha, a girusha that her husband took her back. She does not become a halala from this. So therefore, could be there's a difference. Over there, the almana is worse because she herself is mithalilit in the bi'ah of the, uh, of the Kohen Gadol. And therefore, she becomes pisula to Kohanim, to even a regular Kohen Jodna, she becomes a halala. Masha'enken, the ma'zigiru shato, the girusha herself, does not become mehulilit from uh, the ma'zir. And then we have no ra'ayah that the child will become uh, pagum. And to them, we wanted to know what, what's the deal of Bet Shammai so I can apply to Bet So he told them back, I am afraid. Listen, I'm not telling you about the Tzarot. Tzarot, that's about I'm afraid to get involved with that because I'm worried they're going to break my head. The Tzarot. But I'll tell you about the Benet Tzarot. Benet Sarot Alibad Bet Shamai, they accepted it. Oh, so what do you see over here? 
If you say they accepted it, because they were Kohanim. And therefore, we see that it's not going to make the children that will not become Let's read that she inside now, Rabotai. He atzma mitchalelet. That's right. Let's go, go one step further. The mifshat v'lad machzig rushato. Beauty, which is, that's it. They're both haibel avin. Machzig rushato, haibel and Salat Erva, according to Bet Shammai, marrying out. So therefore, whatever Bet Shammai is going to say by Salat Erva marrying out, the son, I'll apply to Mazik Rushato, the daughter, the Gabe Keuna. That, that was the Nafkamina that we're asking. He also ma. Right. Doesn't make her a halala. She anyways asur ma'zikirushato to a kohen, but not not midin the bi'ah. She's asur because she's a girushah. So that's she's already omedet, you know, uh, from that standpoint. But that's not the bi'ah of the isur that passed that way kihuna. It's what the girushah did. Right, she can go back to her father's house to eat terumah, were it not, uh, you know, for, for this bi'ah, the bi'ah is not or said her from eating terumah either. So therefore, she, not become, she does not become a halala legabe terumah from the bi'ah or legabe marrying, if, were it not the fact she was a gerushah. But she was permissible. She's not, he's not somebody who's intrinsically forbidden. He, this guy was permissible to her from the beginning. It was like a regular, you know, Erva or somebody that's a suit. Anyway. That's right. And because of Zonan, for sure she's Pesula al Kiruna. Now continue with that. She's Sarot. Right. Was, I'm scared to get involved. I'm scared to get involved with, with the Sarot issue. Because then, 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 then I'm saying that these children of Shammai are Benechi Bekiritut. Might not be Mamzer according to me, but Benechi Bekiritut is you know, serious stuff. But I'll answer you the Gabe the children. They gave the children, they accepted them as, uh, as kehuna, and they worked even on the, uh, on the Mizbeah, and therefore, uh, they are accepted for, uh, they are accepted for kehuna. Bet Shammai, lo kenegdam. And Bet Shammai didn't make a maha'ah. And therefore, even according to Bet Shammai, Sarat Irva that married Shuk, without a haditzah, the children are not nefsal the kehuna. Very good. Otherwise, they would not be allowed. And that's, uh, that's what he held. Okay. Stop over here. Baruch Hashem.